You know, in the marketplace, we look at uh, Dallas-based Texas Estimates as a leading indicator. I mean, we think of them as sort of a local treasure here. But you think about it, their chips go into everything. I mean, everything. Your 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 Wi-Fi unit, your uh, television set, your automobile, uh, satellites that go around the globe. So when they're doing well, it really says something about the economy. So when TI came with earnings that, that really pleasantly surprised everybody, and a projection about earnings that pleasantly surprised everybody on Tuesday afternoon, t- Tuesday night after the close, it lifted the whole market. Rafael Lazardi is responsible for that lift to some degree. He joins us right now. He's the chief financial officer. It's good to have you with us. Good to be here, David. Thank you. So do you disagree with anything I said? I mean, you 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 rightfully are some sort of a global leading economic indicator, aren't you? We are in uh, in a lot of uh, in most electronics uh, around the world in our customer base, about a hundred thousand different different customers, uh, and uh, we sell about eighty thousand uh, different products. So yeah, we're pretty much everywhere. Our strategic focus is in automotive and industrial, but we also sell into personal electronics, communications, enterprise systems, and, and others. So you, so you had good quarter. You had every bit as good, if not better, than everybody thought. And the projections for the third quarter on revenues, I mean, something probably over $5 billion is, is more than we thought it was going to be. So that would, So logically, that tells me that people are going to buy stuff, so the manufacturers are going to make it, so they're going to contact you to get the chips so they can make it. And so that should mean that the economy is in good shape. Did you see a big turnaround during the quarter? Well, during the quarter, what we uh, what we saw 90 days ago was, uh, if you recall back then, Shanghai uh, had lockdowns uh, really across China, but primarily in Shanghai. Uh, so then we took a haircut to our original, uh, what would have been our, our, our initial guidance of about 10% to account for that. But as it turned out, things uh, eased up quite a bit in, in China in the second half of the quarter. So May and June, things eased up quite a bit, and we were able to uh, uh, to ship essentially generally consistent with that original uh, uh, forecast. So we ended up uh, with, a, with revenue of about $5.2 billion, uh, 14% uh, growth uh, year in year. I guess, I mean, some of this, I feel stupid. I should have known. You know, General Motors is sitting on 100,000 cars they can't finish because they can't get chips. And the whole world seems to be demanding your chips. Um, has that shown any sign of easing? Or are you? Is there any concern about double ordering and you're going to suddenly end up with chips up to your eyeballs? So so a couple of things. Uh, one, uh, the automotive market uh, remains really strong. This quarter uh, we grew uh, in that market uh, 20% uh, year on year. Uh, and and the big picture is long term. Uh, this is a great market to be in. Uh, the automotive space, uh, also industrial, but uh, both of those have just such great secular trends uh, when it comes to safety, when it comes to the switch to obviously uh, uh, electric vehicles, uh, more automation on the industrial space, but also on vehicles. So so the long term secular growth trends are fantastic. That's why we're investing so much both in R and D, but as uh, as we've talked about before, manufacturing, and we have these uh, new factories coming online in Richardson, in Utah, and then uh, we just broke ground in in Sherman. Now that doesn't mean at some point we could have a, a an adjustment, a quarter or two, or even a year. Uh, but over the long term, we're very excited about where where we're going. And, and is it universally strong? I mean, one of the concerns, one of the most recent concerns, is that that maybe we're going to see the eurozone go into a a recession, maybe induced by you know, lack of natural gas coming through Germany and 
on trickling through the economy, but they seem to be suffering somewhat. Yeah, Europe uh, is in a precarious situation with their uh, energy uh, position. And um, I don't think they're technically in a recession yet, but I would not be surprised if they uh, if they go into one uh, at some point. Um, and uh, but you know we'll we'll work through that. And if there's a recession in the United States, uh, we'll work through that as well. Uh, uh, we uh, we have a good playbook to uh, to deal with those things. And in our case, we're going to continue investing both uh, manufacturing uh, as well as R and D. We hold a pretty steady hand when when it comes to those things because we are we're investing uh for the long term well can you be uh, you're a giant i mean we're, we're talking you know again over five billion dollars in revenue just for the third quarter alone how nimble can you be and 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 as chief financial officer and you've been through a lot of cycles does this feel like a recession that we're in here in the u.s right now uh not yet uh, you know uh, as, as it's been pretty uh well publicized uh it's an interesting dynamic where economic activity uh, seems to be slowing down. Uh, technically, we had a negative uh, uh, first quarter in terms of GDP growth, and this quarter may also be negative. But at the same time, the employment is really strong and continues to be. So it seems a, a bit of a strange uh, situation. But, but as I said earlier, we uh, our plan uh, is to continue ho- having a, a steady hand in uh, in our investments, uh, R&D, SG&A, um, in our hiring, in our uh, capital expenses uh, for these factories, because all these investments are long-term in nature. So it's not for next year, even the year after next. It's, uh, it's over the next 5, 10, 15 years. Yeah, hey, let me shift gears a little bit and go back to uh, the Sherman plant that you broke around on. I mean, ultimately, that could be a $30 billion expenditure. But right now, I guess as we speak, Congress is is trying to put the final touches on on a stimulus package to try to get more of that semiconductor production here within the the confines of the United States rather than having to rely on others. How important is that funding that they're talking about providing? Yeah, it is very important. Uh, I think um, this is going to put the United States on an even uh, playing field for semiconductor uh, manufacturing investment, also also R&D. You know, other countries give uh, those type of uh, incentives to to their companies or companies that invest in in their country. So it's important for the United States to have uh, an even playing field on that. So what's magic about Texas? Admittedly, I guess Intel is going – Talking about building a big plant in in Ohio, and you've got plants in Utah, but but Texas, wait, wait, Sherman, you've been in Sherman forever. You your roots are here, I guess. You've got you're building up Richardson. Samsung is talking about building in in, in Austin. W- what is it about Texas that that makes us conducive to semiconductor production? Yeah, so I I think Texas is a fantastic place to to do business uh, for us and for many other uh, companies. Uh, and I tell you why is a number of things. One, the business climate is is uh, as good as it gets uh, pretty much around the world. The support that we get from the uh, from the local government, from uh, from the various chambers of commerce is is uh, is really outstanding, and it's just uh, great to to conduct a business. Uh, to that, then you add the the labor force is a highly skilled, highly technical labor force. Uh, that uh, that you you need uh, you know high quality labor force in order to do the type of things we do in the technology space, and then finally you know when it comes to energy, uh, 
the the cost of energy that we have in Texas is as good as we get anywhere else in the world. In fact, it is it is by far the the best. And yeah, we had some issues with some of the Texas uh, um, the the weather that we had a couple of years ago, and and uh, there's still some room for improvement on that front. Uh, but in the big scheme of things, uh, we do have a, a really good situation in Texas. We just got to make sure we keep it that way and keep keep investing and keep having the right uh, uh, pro-business attitude that uh, that we've had in the state. And, and, there, and the workforce, you mentioned, uh, you know, it is a good and skilled workforce, but it's finite. I, I, it would appear to be. Are we are, are you attracting more people to migrate here to come work for you? Or are you are you educating and sort of growing your own? You know, so there are a number of angles on that. Um, the Texas population continues uh, to grow, uh, so it's not it's not easy. But we are managing to attract the the right uh, talent uh, to the company, and we continue to do that. Part of that is is the dynamics in Texas, but it's also what we do as a company when when it comes to hiring uh, new college graduates and and bringing them here from universities in Texas, but also uh, but also elsewhere. Well, again, um, uh, on behalf of a, an ailing stock market, we thank you for, for, for the, the lift that I think you provided uh, just uh, just along at the right time. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks. Rafael Lazardi's Chief Financial Officer for Texas Estimates. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.